Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 211 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today, I was thinking about a story that happened while I was going to college. We were meeting with people from different wildlife agencies, whether it was the feds or the state or some private interest groups. And uh, this guy from Habitat, he had no, I think he, he had no fingers except for his thumb. And he was talking to us, and I just never forget the conversation. He was kind of a, a real gruff guy, not very friendly. And he asked uh, a kid, uh, do you plan on working in Habitat when you were done with college? He said, oh, no, that's too boring. I want to work with wildlife. And he said, without Habitat, you have no wildlife. So today, we are going to look into how biologists and wildlife managers understand how wildlife select habitat or habitat selection in that process. It's going to reveal uh, a bunch of different choices that they have to make based upon where they're at. It doesn't matter whether you're in Florida, Utah, Alaska, they all have to make choices about what is going to work best for them. And by understanding how they are making those selections, we can better understand how we can help them and the things we need to do in the future to protect them. So understanding habitat selection is important in all wildlife matters, no matter where you're at. And there's a whole bunch of factors and variables that are going to influence them in their choices. It doesn't matter whether it's deer, elk, moose, they still have to choose a place to live, what they're going to eat, and where they're going to produce, reproduce. So Let's get into it. Habitat selection factors for big game animals include food, water, shelter, and safety. Safety from predators, safety from people. We are predators. All these factors, and depending on the species and region, are going to shape where they're going. So there's going to be some seasonal variations. Habitat selection can change throughout the year, uh, especially here where I live in Utah. It goes from freezing and deep snows to drought-like conditions with no water whatsoever. During the winter, uh, your deer, elk, they're going to migrate to lower uh, elevations and they're going to be looking for more food that's accessible to them. And then in summer, they're going to follow that green wave up and they're going to move high. So there's going to be seasonal variations that affect their habitat selection. You've got human activities. We can't get away from this one. It's only getting bigger. Urban development, agriculture, infrastructure, construction, fences and roads, all these things play a big part of how big game species select habitat. One of the things that I learned early on is the mother of whatever big game species it is really plays an impact in the roles of whatever species it is later on. So if you have a doe that picks a field and gives birth to that fawn in the field and then comes back two years later to find that there's a Walmart there, you're going to have those deer coming back each year to that same spot, and they're going to pick areas surrounding that until we just completely block it off or cut it off. But whatever, if the doe is giving birth to that area, the fawn the next year is going to come back to that area. And so the habitat that the doe is picking is going to directly impact that fawn 
and that offspring. Wildlife biologists and ecologists, they use a bunch of different research methods to help understand habitat selection. One of the best and newest ways that they're doing that is using GPS collars. They're constantly looking at where the animals are moving. You can look at the animals as both a group and as individuals, and you're going to get a little bit of different data. But they can then take their maps uh, their GIS equipment, they can lay out a map and they can look at vegetation, they can look at terrain, and they can start to understand. You can even get soils maps to help you understand if there are soils that are more beneficial, that they like a little bit better. And then you're going to start looking at the areas that they find themselves in the most. So if you're in the sagebrush step and you're looking at mule deer and you find that there's one particular section where you find a lot of your GPS collars going to, you can look at that section and see if there's things that are natural or are they man-made and see if that's pushing your animals one direction or another. I'm reminded of uh, a situation I came across. We had a, a large group of deer that were coming in and impacting an agricultural area. And when you would look at the pivot, it was a 40 acre pivot. It had hundreds, hundreds of deer that were coming into it. And it was because it was the only pivot in the area. Other than that, it was very droughty conditions around it. And so they were bringing all of these deer into there. And the challenge you have is trying to recreate or replicate that is not something you probably want to do. But you can look at improving the overall habitat around it. Uh, they started doing juniper removals. There was some chaining. There was a bunch of lop and scatter. But they were trying to improve the overall habitat for that area because there was so many deer. There's going to be some uh, changing of weather, weather. Uh, you can call it climate change, or it can be those seasonal changes. Um, like this last year, we had a lot of snow that came in. It's, it was un, it was not normal, the amount of snow that we received. And so you can look at that and say, okay, this is the worst year we're going to have. What are the areas or where were the areas that th these animals were the most impacted? We had a couple of areas where I'm at where survival rate for deer was around 20 to 25 percent. Elk, uh, they had a high mortality of old and young elk, both calves, yearlings, and then uh, you're looking at age classes above eight years old. And so you can start to make your management decisions based upon that data as well. You can look at it as an outlier and say, this is the worst winter that we've ever had. But then you can now get a better baseline of what the animals can take and tolerate. So we've talked a lot. In summary, I'm going to summarize this. Habitat selection factors are they're choosing their food, they're choosing their habitat based upon food water, shelter, and safety. They're going to be impacted by seasonal variations, migration from high to low elevation. Also, there's going to be that human impact. What development is happening between those seasonal migration routes? What is going to impact them when they move into one area or another? Or are we pushing them out? Uh, a quick story, there was a school that was being built in an area that was largely agriculture. 
and we used to get a lot of deer that were hit on the road there. They put in this school, there was a huge increase in deer mortality because of cars, and all of a sudden it virtually stopped because these deer were no longer in an agricultural area. They put a school, large parking lots, and kicked those deer out. One positive note is we reduced the amount that were being hit by cars. Biologists, they're going to continue to use GPS collars. They're going to continue to monitor. They're going to do their habitat research. They're going to do their soils, look at their plants. Are, is it a monoculture? Are they bringing in a good variety of plants? Are they native? Or are you having a bunch of invasives taking over? How can we work with those areas? And then taking in weather patterns. How is this uh, you're going to impact us versus the years that we've had before, kind of give you an understanding, though each year is a little bit different. If you get those late monsoon season rains, uh, your deer are going to come in much fatter into winter versus if you don't, if you have a bad winter, is it the worst one we've ever had? Now we can look at where the deer elk moose going to go from here. So understanding big game habitat selection, takes in ecology, biology, conservation, and you need to bring all these things together to create a good ecosystem for them. It's important for us to help these animals adapt to the changing landscape. If it's changing for us and we're like, wow, there's a lot of building going on, imagine what it's like for the wildlife. All right. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, share it with your friends. Hit me up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe. And thanks. You guys have a great day. Stay wild.